This week's episode is sponsored by Just Been Revoked Podcast. Hey, Damon, I've got an amazing podcast for you and our listeners to check out. Oh, yeah, man. What's it called? It's called Just Been Revoked. Join Chris G, Tom Legacy, and Mr. Race as they discuss the origins, the ends, and everything in between of all things film and entertainment. All right, man. So when and where can I check them out? Oh, well, they usually release twice per week, main episodes or deep dives, while they also have two sub-segment episodes, Legacy Finds and Race Rant. Find them on Apple, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms, or hey, hop on over to their webpage, JustBeenRevoked.com. All right, once again, for our listeners, check out Just Been Revoked. Find them on all popular podcast platforms or on their website, JustBeenRevoked.com. Hey, and tell them the nerd sent you. Welcome, nerd. Are you ready to launch 141 Expedition into Nerdum? Preparing for launch? Queuing bitchin' rockabilly track. Priming engines. Now praising our Lord and Savior, Baby Yoda. Unencrypting files for comics, TV, movies, wrestling. Launching ANS in 3, 2, 1. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. So, Christian, now I heard rumors, and this is completely off-brand, but I'm really excited about this. McDonald's has spicy nuggets now? Yes. Uh, anyone who knows me knows I am a chicken nugget connoisseur. So <laughs> as soon as I heard that there were going to be spicy nuggets at McDonald's, I fucking jumped out of my seat, man. All right. Well, okay. And now I'm on the edge of my seat. How were the nuggets, <laughs> Christian? Okay, in comparison to the normal chicken nugget from McDonald's, mm-hmm. it is better because there, there's a little bit more flavor to it. There's there's definitely something there. It feels like it's almost tastes like they have the um, nugget meat coming from what they would use in the um, the chicken selects. I feel like than... I feel like you're like on the verge of starting like a whole like nugget podcast right now, man. <laughs> I've good. never I seen you this passionate about something, Christian. <laughs> It's like it's almost like we're talking Star Wars or something. Jesus, okay, go on. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt. Keep on talking. <laughs> um, on the spiciness level, it's I don't know. It's slightly got some black pepper in it, but beyond that, it's it's nothing to really write home about. Oh, really? So it's disappointing. It was disappointing on that front, but I do like it better than the normal nugget. So I mean, I'm fine with it. Is there like a special sauce that goes along with it or anything? Um. Actually, my first time getting it, I totally didn't notice that there was a sauce uh, for it. But yeah, they have this mighty sauce. And it's like this weirdly, like, um, I don't know, it's like an Asian style spice to it. But it's, uh, you know, it's, it's quite tasty. Oh my god, is it, it just the Rick and Morty sauce? No, it's not It's not the Szechuan sauce, okay. I promise. Did, have, have we talked about that on this podcast, about how you stood in line for like four days to get the rick and morty sauce i don't know i don't know if we talked about that yeah i like that was the same weekend i went to my first wrestling show by the way okay so like i went and stayed up all night and like (laughs) right no no i I might be mixing up my nights but i did i left my house at like 3 Uh a.m got to mcdonald's waited in line i actually got on the news because i was standing next to the guy who was number one I was number three. Me, him, and his friend were there from fucking 3 a.m. till... Was um, the headline for the news, like, uh, segment, <laughs> like, look at these losers? 
Probably. <laughs> a whole lot of losers over at McDonald's right now, standing in line at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you know, I didn't feel a lot of pride for sure. <laughs> now, did you okay? So you stood in line for three. Like, what time did you eventually get your sauce? I didn't get the sauce till like um, one or two the next day. In the or, afternoon, or not the next day, like in the afternoon, yeah. Oh my god, the line was insane. Like the McDonald's was like the the poor manager working there looked like he was going to shoot himself because it was that bad of a crowd. Like they were completely unprepared for what was happening. They had some. I wonder um, why. Because <laughs> who they stands in line for, for for sauce for <laughs> ten <it>. hours? <laughs> I, 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 at the point I was, you know, a huge Rick and Morty fan. So I, of course I had to get this. I still have my sauce. I have never opened it. <laughs> so you never, I'm even... going to put it in a glass container. Wait, hold on. So you never yes. even tried the fucking sauce? No, I never tried the sauce. <laughs> so you just have it. Is... <laughs> oh my God. I'm about to lose my mind. Okay. So <laughs> did, cause the, at one point, were you thinking about actually selling the sauce? Like weren't people, well, you're over here. Like people are selling this for tons of money. So I was uh-huh. like, well, I mean, I'll put it out there, but no one, no one grabbed. So I'm still, okay. still got mine. Okay. Cause I was going to lose it if you didn't actually put it up on eBay. <laughs> so you did put it on eBay. I don't yes. think I realized you never tried the sauce. So you like, were they only giving it like one per customer or something? Um, yeah, at that time they were. And then later on they did another release, but I never got a chance to try it then. So, well, anyway, so speaking of chicken, I actually tried that Popeye's, uh, chicken. <laughs> I can't believe we're still talking about chicken. <laughs> the Popeye's, uh, spicy chicken sandwich that everyone was like raving about killing motherfuckers over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good. Like six yeah, months ago. Wait, hey, <laughs> I'm a little late to the game. What do you? What, I mean, I was scared uh, to go get one, man. People were murdering each other in the parking lot. <laughs> what do you want from me? I'm not gonna die over chicken. I mean, maybe you would. <laughs> You're the mark standing in line for 12 hours for some fucking nuggets. <laughs> but no, it was good. Like I wouldn't kill anyone over it, but it was good. No, like I mean, I just I'm not into mayo, so that wasn't really for Why me. Why are we still talking about chicken? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> people are like what the fuck did i tune in for um the amazing nugget show sorry people exactly <laughs> all right well let's let's stop talking about chicken and let's get into the news fair enough i could hear people like unsubscribing to this episode <laughs> you would think we were like sponsored by popeyes or some shit i'll take some popeyes money or mcdonald's money for that matter yeah <laughs> exactly But before we move on, make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. And while you're at it, give us a five-star review and DM us a screenshot. Not only will we read it on the show, but we'll send you some amazing nerd show swag. Let's get into the news. Every week we collect the biggest headlines and rumors in nerdum. We're not mild-mannered reporters, we're mere podcasters with opinions. All right, up first, Damon, finally, The Mandalorian Season 2 trailer has arrived must reunite it with its own kind. Where? This you must determine. The songs of Eon's past tell of battles between Mandalore the Great and an order of sorcerers called Jedi. You expect me to search the galaxy and deliver this creature to a race of enemy sorcerers? This is the way. Yeah, so seemingly out of nowhere, Tuesday morning, 
uh, season two's trailer just dropped. I was kind of speculating that we'd get it like during Monday Night Football. Um, but yeah, it was a nice little surprise. You were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for like a whole like two minutes, I forgot how much 2020s like completely sucked. And I was I was like wrapped up in like, you know, that warm Star Wars blanket of goodness. No, it was definitely something great to wake up to finding out like all of a sudden there's just news everywhere. Yes. The Mandalorian is here. <laughs> yes. Finally, something good happened. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and let's get into it. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we start off the trailer with uh, the Mandalorian ship um, looking battle damaged, um, flying through the galaxy. Uh, we see a couple different like planets. Uh, it looks like we, you know, it, we, we see ta- Tatooine. Um, we see some Tuscan Raiders, it looks like, um, Bantha. Uh, so uh, it looks like we're going to visit that planet again. Uh, but just quick shot, you know, not really any kind of context or anything. We see him on a, like a snow planet. You know, it's definitely not Hoth. Um, it feels like it could be um, Ilum. Uh, which, you know, we've seen in Clone Wars. It's where they, like, the Jedi, I guess they have, like, Kyber, like, crystal mines or something there. Mm-hmm. Um, they also, I, I guess the First Order eventually turns it into Starkiller Base. So um, that's interesting. You know, I don't know if he's trying to find, like, leads there or something. No, yeah, I think canonically that makes sense for them to be uh, going into a place where there's Kyber crystals. Mostly because I feel like if there's Jedi hiding anywhere, it's probably to protect what resources there are left, <laughs> you know, after the Empire has pretty much seized and destroyed everything. That makes so, sense. Mm-hmm. That does make sense. Um, I don't know, though. I mean, too, what's another interesting, like, aspect is that Favreau has mentioned before that we kind of see, like, you know, like the groundwork for the first order like starting yes. through the mm-hmm. throughout the series so i'm wondering if we'll get a little tie into that also be interesting to see like uh, they have access to mark hamill if they really wanted to show anything of him trying to train jedi too <laughs> like would you get like a de-aged mark hamill then maybe they have the money and technology they do we <laughs> know the that. that perfected it <laughs> That's true. Um, people are also spe- speculating because we see a whole like large group of like uh, Corin like working together that they're on Moncala at one point, uh, you know, and they're like by the water and everything. So that feels like it it, it fits, you know, um, you know, my, the Corin are those like squid face people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I think the figure, the Kenner figure, was actually called Squid Face. I could be wrong about really? that, though. <laughs> they had some awful names for the character. I think it's because they would get the molds before the character design before uh, Lucas, like, officially named them. So, like, yeah, there's a bunch of weird, like, there's, like, walrus. We'll Nan just call or... this one Squid Face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could be wrong about that, but I maybe that's just what I called him. <laughs> so, uh, but, yeah, it's here where we see our first look at Sasha Banks. Which was pretty fucking crazy. I didn't expect yes. to see her. Like <laughs> one, I didn't expect to see her in the first trailer, and like two, I didn't expect her to be kind of like you know a focal point of the trailer. Because mm-hmm. I mean, if you're following like you know the conversation that you know um, the Mandalorian and uh, Armory is having, 
you know, at that point, you know, they bring up the Jedi and then you see her like cloaked in the background, you know, and then she kind of disappears. So it's kind of like leading you to believe that she's a Jedi. I mean, of course, then, you know, the Internet's speculating that she could be possibly Sabine. Um, mm. And I don't know if that's just because, you know, she has blue hair. <laughs> <laughs> Because to me, it felt more like, you know, they're implying that she's like some kind of Jedi or something, um, which makes sense if you follow the dialogue. But I mean, it's a good fit, too, you know. Mm. So, I mean, and I'm sure I mean, everyone's dying to see Sabine, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. I I just feel like the dialogue is bait and switch, you know, just get you like, oh, she's a Jedi. Or maybe it's just the Internet being the Internet. <laughs> sure. So, Cuz there was rumors that she was supposed to be playing like a bounty hunter like character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it could be someone tracking them also at that point. I don't know. But yeah, you it's probably bait and switch. You're probably right. <laughs> now, I do feel like we do see like Sabine's calling card though in the trailer mm-hmm. cuz there's one part where he's like in like almost like a city type like area like in like it looks like back alleys or something like that and there's a bunch of like graffiti everywhere and that's definitely like a sabine thing so i mean she was always like a big artist and everything so i could see that being you know kind of a hint or an easter egg towards her i mean we can't really read anything that's on the walls but it definitely looks like you know you know the whole alley or you know whatever street is like tagged so um, i mean i hope she's a part of the season just because i want to know how we got to this point you know yeah what what happened in between so yeah and like how like the mandalorians that we saw you know in rebels in you know clone wars connect to you know where the mandalorians are now exactly and we know that we're going to get bo and we know we're going to get ahsoka so it just feels right to get sabine also um mm-hmm. but you know maybe that's wishful thinking so, but it, it is a strong, you know, re- rumor out there right now. So, mm. uh, but yeah, anyway, so let's move on. We see uh, the Mandalorian ship getting escorted by X-Wings. Did it look like they were escorting him? Um, I don't know. I thought it was going to be an attack when I was watching. Because they're it, so. flying like on his sides, though. It doesn't look like they're being aggressive at all. Hmm. So maybe, I, you know, maybe I they're <laughs> aware of a Jedi out there. Maybe they're helping him, you think? Possibly. (laughs) We also get to see, like, a scout trooper, like, chasing, it looks like. Where they're, like, Mm. jumping their bikes over, like, a cliff. That was pretty fucking badass. Yeah, no, um, hopefully, you know, they get a better scene than last season. (laughs) Where they're just easily taken out. (laughs) Hey, man. (laughs) I love that scene. (laughs) Yes, it was great. Now, okay. So definitely, like, mark this up to, like, 100% speculation and most likely bullshit. But someone, I guess, in, like, one of the desert scenes, there's uh, Mando, like, he's on his bike. Someone Uh went ahead and, like, magnified that by, like, a thousand. And they're claiming that you can see Boba Fett's uh, jetpack on the back of Mm. his bike and his helmet. So I don't know if you've seen the pictures of this. Did they uh did they zoom and enhance like this is CSI Miami big time? <laughs> it looks like a blur to me, <laughs> but like part of me wants to see it, so I kind of uh-huh. see what they're talking about. Uh, and there was those rumors that you know someone else is going to be wearing Boba Fett's like armor, 
during this season. I mean, we mm-hmm. know Tamara Morrison is actually, you know, on the cast and everything and that he's going to be returning as Boba Fett. But, you know, the big rumor was that he was going to be like hunting down his armor. So, I mean, this possibly could be playing into it or it could be, you know, possibly just bullshit. I don't know. <laughs> so because I was like, that's a big like clue to like leave in the teaser trailer because they know Star Wars fans are going to be like, you know, magnifying and like stopping yes. and pausing <laughs> and rewinding <laughs> every little mean? scene. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the end of this, we see two Gamorreans like in like almost like a fight club like atmosphere battling out in some kind of ring uh, with the Mandalorian in the crowd. You know, and then, you know, we get the cute little sight gag with Baby Yoda, like, hiding himself in the egg. And then, you know, uh-huh. the Mandalorian just being a badass. Uh, At least he knows how to sit tight now. Yeah, right. <laughs> Rather than walking away. Uh, I thought this was a great little, like, teaser, though. I thought this was fantastic. No, it definitely got me excited. And I'm so glad that it's only, like, a month and a half away. I know. You know we don't I, have to wait that long. It's so weird that it snuck up on us because uh, there's like hardly anything else going on. So you think <laughs> that we would just like be waiting on the edge of our seats. But no, it just kind of came out of nowhere. So yeah, it's only a month and a half away. Um, yeah, pretty exciting. Um, it's going to be, you know, what's going to be grueling though is like, you know, waiting week for week. Like, oh, yeah. you know, for the newest episode <laughs> to drop, though, I have to prepare myself. Now, rumor is, though, that the episodes are actually supposed to be a little longer this season. Ah, so they're supposed to be more closer to that hour mark and maybe even a little like longer at points. So, OK, so I mean, that's awesome. I hope that's true. You know, give me more. I'm I'm greedy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But uh, uh, do you think. That there'll be more like instead like each episode last season felt kind of like this is its own story while it had little elements that go into each part there was definitely like hey beginning middle and end to each episode do you think they'll keep that format or where they're like they'll be i think there'll be a couple episodes here and there that are standalone um Mm. so and i'm fine with that like i really i like that structure uh, and I think it really caters to like the director's strengths and they've got like quite a list of directors on board this season. I know that we've got uh, Peyton Reed and we also have Robert Rodriguez uh, joining. So, I mean, I really feel like that will tap into their strengths. All right, David, well, sticking with Star Wars, uh, young Mace Windu series rumored to be in development. Yeah, so Ace Scooper, Daniel RPK, um, is saying that there's a Windu, like, standalone project um, in the works. Um, It's supposed to be focusing on a younger version of the character. Um, But then you're also going to get, like, Samuel L. Jackson, like, you know, coming in for select scenes, you know, playing, you know, an older version of the character. um, Which feels like it would actually have to be a younger version of himself because the movie took place like 20 years ago. So (laughs) they would definitely have to use some de-aging technology. Uh, Exactly. But uh, they also, you know, Samuel Jackson in interviews for like the past like couple years has been like stating that like Mace could still be alive. Um, I don't think I necessarily like that idea (laughs) either. (laughs) I think that's wishful thinking on Sam's part. (laughs) Maybe him trying to thrown out a window. (laughs) Yeah. And like, didn't he, he got his arm cut off. Right. And you know, force lightning and sure. (laughs) That's a powerful motherfucker. He can can fucking catch himself. (laughs) So we get, I don't know. I don't know. Cause you remember people were like speculating that it was like, he was Snoke. 
for a little bit, which oh, made yeah. no sense whatsoever. <laughs> I don't know how you would grow like three feet, but whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, so I think Sam's just trying to collect another check, honestly. But <laughs> there's no like I know the headline says series, but this also speculates that it could possibly also be a film um, since they're trying to get a bunch of different like solo films off the ground. Uh, so I guess we'll find out soon enough, you know, Um yeah, I feel like every other month we get another like you know Star Wars series rumor or you know uh-huh. solo film rumor. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, um, well, well, sticking with this, is there anything that you would want to see out of a Mace Windu series? I'm interested because I don't really know much about his backstory. Like I've never read like many like of the books with like a younger version of the character. Mm-hmm. I like that he has more of an edge to him. So I like to really like dive into that aspect of the character. Um, you know, from when we do see him in like fight scenes, you know, especially in like the Clone Wars series, he's just a fucking badass. So <laughs> I'd like to see like, you know, a series or a film that just kind of like focus on like, you know, how he became the character that he is, you know, in the prequels, because he's pretty fucking hardcore if you think about it. Uh-huh. And he's so <laughs> like, I don't know, married to like the Jedi way, um, which I mean, makes sense. They're all warrior monks. But like, I don't know, like. A lot of the shit that happens in the prequels could have been completely avoidable if, you know, the fucking <laughs> Jedi would have just softened their stance on a few things, uh-huh. you know? <laughs> um, so, and he's one of the catalysts for all that, you know? No, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to think that he's that way because there's a part of him that has dabbled with darkness in the past. Well, and that's the rumor, like, you know, with yes. him, that, <laughs> you know, that he kind of, like, walks the line between the dark and the light, so... Um, we'll see if they play with that. All right, David. Well, up next, Marvel's Ant-Man 3 cast Jonathan Majors in major role. Yes, so it seems like Jonathan Majors is reportedly going to be playing the Marvel villain King the Conqueror. Um, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm just surprised he's showing up in Ant-Man 3. I didn't really see that coming. Um, you know, he's a huge villain in, you know, the Marvel Universe. Um, it makes sense with everything that's going on, you know, related to, like, time right now. You know, what we're getting in, like, you know, Doctor Strange, everything that happened in Endgame. Um, you know, so I, I, I'm guessing that, you know, the time stream's probably been damaged or we're going to be playing around with the whole idea of time travel. Um, so what about, be- you know, what better villain than Kang to really, you know, start things off? Um, you know, I could see, I don't know if I see him as like necessarily like the big bad of like, you know, phase four or whatever they're calling the next saga, Oh, no, um, I could yeah. see him being more of a like almost like Loki type character, like, mm-hmm. you know, popping in and out of different like films, um, you know. So, I mean, Kang is a very complicated character and he, he's one of those characters, you know, since, you know, he, he his whole power set revolves around time travel. It just, you know, makes my head hurt you know, <laughs> trying to like piece <laughs> everything together. Um and like I said, at first, you know, when they said that he was going to be part of Ant-Man 3, it was a bit of a head scratcher. But then I was thinking about it, and he does have strong ties with the Langs. So, I mean, it's more as, you know, Iron Lad. Um, spoilers if people haven't read the comics. Or, you know, possibly, you know, if we're going to get a Young Avengers, you know, film or t- TV mm-hmm. series um, soon. But, uh you know, uh, and this is just pure speculation. We know Foggy never follows the books by, like, verbatim or anything like that. But, like, Kang at one point, 
you know, comes back as a younger version of himself, you know, once he, you know, the younger version of himself, God, this is already like make my head hurt. The younger version of himself meets the older version of himself and sees what a monster he's become. So he decides to become Iron Lad. He comes back at a point in time uh, when the Avengers have been disassembled and he puts together the Young Avengers. Now, at the time, the Young Avengers have no clue that he's really Kang underneath the mask. Um, so it's a big reveal when that does happen. So I hope I didn't ruin anything for anyone <laughs> if they do go that route. But I mean, there's going to be a thousand articles written about it, I'm sure, eventually. Uh, <clears throat> but he ends up in a kind of like relationship with uh, Casey Lang during this period of time. And, you know, they become close. Um, and he eventually kind of goes to the dark side when Casey dies during uh, Children's Crusade. And he wants to, like, bring her back to, like, the future to, like, you know, heal her and the Young Avengers for some unknown reason. I still can't wrap my head around why, but they <laughs> they don't want him to do that because they felt like, you know, that's something King the Conqueror would do. And he, of course, freaks out because he wants to save the woman that he loves. Um, and then becomes... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, but I feel like them stopping him is the why he became King yeah, the Conqueror exactly. again. <laughs> so it's like, thanks a lot, Young Avengers. <laughs> but, I, okay, so I, I don't even know if I'm still following myself. But <laughs> I don't foresee the whole Iron Lad thing playing out in Ant-Man 3, obviously. I feel like we're going to no. get introduced to the character King, uh, you know, in this. But then somewhere down the line, you know, because they are definitely planting seeds for the Young Avengers, you know, right now in the series and everything like that, in the movies, um, just with the different characters that they're introducing. We know we're getting Kate Bishop and Hawkeye. Uh, we're also going to be getting uh, the twins possibly in WandaVision. So it seems like it all fits like the pieces mm -hmm. here. Um, but I don't know. So I feel like eventually we're going to get Iron Lad here. But there's so many different versions of Kang. <laughs> it's going to be like, I just hope they don't overdo it. You know, because like I said, time travel is always a huge turnoff for me. I think you've talked about it, too, in the past. Um, yes, it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. I trust Foggy that he won't let it just like consume, you know, the next, you know, couple phases mm. of, you know, the MCU. But I don't know. I've got a bad feeling. You know, um, I will give Jonathan Majors some credit, though. Like uh, he has the range to play a character like King. So, I mean, from what I've seen in Lovecraft Country um, and I haven't seen The Five Bloods, but I mean, I'm I'm caught up with Lovecraft Country, and I love him in the show. So no, he's a critically acclaimed actor. I do not yes. know. I'm not familiar with his work at all at this point. Mm -hmm. At least I don't think I am. Um. So, but it was a huge get for them because he's super hot right now. Uh. But he's got to have range if he's going to be playing like three different versions exactly. of himself. <laughs> so, um, it'll it'll be interesting to see where they take this. Another aspect that's interesting about the character is that he's supposed to be a descendant of Reed Richards. So, I mean, that definitely could lead to the introduction of, like, the Fantastic Four. So, I mean, I don't know if in the comics if they've retconned that, you know, at this point. But that was always something that, like, was, you know, part of the character's, like, history. 
And we definitely, I mean, it, Fantastic Four is coming. Oh, no. Like, yes. Any day now. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. There'll be some kind of announcement, you know, at mm-hmm. some point soon, I'm sure. All right. Well, up next, we have She-Hulk cast Tatiana Maslany as MCU's Jennifer Walters. And a huge coup for the MCU. Uh, they have finally found their Jennifer Walters, a.k.a. She-Hulk, in the form of Tatiana Maslany, uh, you know, the Emmy-awarding actress from Orphan Black. Now, I've heard people rave about this series, and I have not seen a single second of it. I've been meaning to watch it. Uh, you know, I know it's currently, you know, done with, but... Um, you know, people love that series. So, I mean, and especially exactly. her. So, I mean, it's pretty mm. exciting. Um, and I know recently they went ahead and they signed on uh, Jessica Gallo as their uh, showrunner and Kate Carrillo um, to direct like multiple episodes of the show. So they're moving full steam ahead. Now, do you think they will, you know, stick with like the hardcore CGI or maybe they'll just paint her green? What, what, what do you think? <laughs> like, go, like, 70s Lou Ferrigno style? Yes. Um, part of me wouldn't mind seeing that, but I feel like they're probably going to go, you know, just for continuity's sake, with, you know, the CGI, you know, mm-hmm. style of things. Just, you know, so he, like, she matches up more with, like, her cousin Bruce. So, now the real question is, are they going to do the whole, like, blood transfusion uh, thing? Because that's how, like, the original, like, She-Hulk got mm-hmm. her powers was through a blood transfusion from Bruce. Because it feels like Bruce is a smart <laughs> guy and he would realize that that would just be a bad idea, you know, to give his, like, gamma, gamma radiated blood to, to anyone. <laughs> so um, I'm not sure if they, they're going to go that route. Yeah, that'd be very weird. I, I mean, I'll be happy as long as I get She-Hulk in the in the fucking courtroom. So, yeah, full Hulk mode, too. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, people are, are speculating that it's done, definitely going to have like more of a comedic tone, you know, yes. like, you know, the great like 90s run that she had. So um, and I'm on board for that because like I, I think we've talked about it before. She was Deadpool before Deadpool. She was, you know, the, one of the first characters I can remember, like breaking the fourth wall. So I'm all I'm all on board for that. All right. Well, in other news, uh, Wonder Woman 1984 was delayed until Christmas. And don't get too heartbroken by this, Damon. Mm -hmm. But Candyman was delayed until sometime. Who knows? In 2021. Son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I was really banking on seeing Candyman this October. So I'm really disappointed with that news. It only makes sense. I I feel like it was obvious that it was going to eventually happen. So I'm surprised it took them this long to announce it but i guess uh with tenet's box office um you know and it being kind of a disappointment people just aren't like ready to come back to the theaters so i mean these studios want to make their money i get it you know it is what it is i mean wonder woman's now overtaking the new the new mutants um for delays (laughs) at this point um but yeah man i just hope that it doesn't like hurt like the buzz around these films um, with them, you know, constantly getting pushed back. Uh, we also heard rumors that Black Widow is also soon to be on this list because it's supposed to come out in November. Um, yeah. Just like Mulan, um, you know, mm-hmm. like a kind of a, I forget what they call it, a premium, you know, uh, package or something where they charge like $30 for it. So I'm all for that, honestly. Like I can sit at home and watch Black Widow. I, I'm I'm not too upset about that. So 
Um, no, me neither. No, but. I can deal with that. I'm just at this point, I need to see a fucking movie. So <laughs> <laughs> I need something, goddammit, Christian. Well, speaking of something, Damon, Marvel's WandaVision is confirmed to debut in 2020. So this is fantastic news, but I was really surprised by this because I thought like Falcon and the Winter Soldier would be coming out first. Um, but you know, I I don't think that that show is like even done filming at this point. I think they just started back. Um, so, um, but that's awesome. I didn't realize WandaVision was like in the can at this point. Uh, there's no confirmed date on it, but it was part of the list that Disney plus, um, released of like things to expect this year, um, which kind of caught everyone off guard. Um, and then it was actually part of a little like trailer video that they put out for, you know, the rest of 2020. So it seems like it's a done deal. We're going to be getting WandaVision this year, most likely in December. Well, thank God. Yes. <laughs> to be honest. Yes. Yes. But I was expecting it to you know, be released a little bit closer to um, Doctor Strange. So whenever that would be coming. So I was figuring, oh, we got years until we see WandaVision. At, at this, this point. point. Yeah. Who knows what the fuck is going on? Because they mm-hmm. I don't even think they started production at that. I think they were in like. No pre-production sam raimi just got hired and then i think they had to like hit the brakes basically so with the pandemic you know so it is what it is um so maybe they're like well people will be able to put together you know they'll remember i mean there's usually years (laughs) between sequels so i mean Mm -hmm. you know marvel fans have long memories it'll be okay so christian you got all caught up on a series this week huh that's right damon i checked out the hbo max series raised by wolves taken to impulses how many people did you kill on earth mother you are all my children i'm only here to protect you androids are tasked with raising human children on a mysterious planet Created by Aaron Gazowski with Ridley Scott serving as executive producer, and he also directed the first two episodes of the series. Alright, Dan. Well, I gotta admit, the trailer did not impress me off the bat. I mean, <laughs> the goofy costumes alone for the androids was a, was a little bit standoffish for me. But I've gotta make the most out of my HBO Max membership, right? <laughs> so I definitely uh, said, fuck it, I'll check it out. And now I can honestly say I'm happy I did uh, end up checking this out. This show is a dark future where atheists and a religious group called the Mithraics um, pretty much have destroyed the Earth after warring with each other for, like, years. Um, As Damon said earlier, Ridley Scott directed the first two episodes and did a great job. Um, You know, he did a great job of world building, story building that really drew me in and hooked me in that first episode um, and the second episode got me even more interested in the characters that we're going to get um, there's there's some twists and turns i did not expect from this show um, and you know even after that um, the directors that come in um, after ridley you know they keep the same charm um, the show continues to build and keep my interest from start to finish um, in dark terrifying fashion <laughs> 
Uh, this show has a whole lot of moral gray areas, and I can't find myself rooting for either side to be right. But I can't help but watch as these two groups struggle it out either um, on this brand new planet. Um, the androids are also fucking terrifying. Uh, I definitely say it's worth checking out, and the first episode is a bit of a slow burn, but it ends magnificently. Um, definitely stick through it, uh, get through that first episode, and then the rest of the season is just go, go, go. Um, but, you know, hey, speaking of dark futures, I have a whole lot more to talk about in this week's Christian's Corner. Today, I will be going over all things Cyberpunk uh, 2077 off of the uh, Cyberwire, not Cyber, I, I don't know why I want to keep calling it Cyberwire, Night City Wire Episode 3. But before that, there was another huge event that happened this week. And I think you already know what I'm going to say. It was the PlayStation 5 Showcase event. So for starters, you know, uh, there's been like a hundred of these fucking conferences all year long. And I, I'm, you know, I'm kind of used to the format. Um, you know, my overall opinion of this in general is that PlayStation has had pretty much good, uh, like, paced, you know, shows from the beginning. You know, they've, they've been giving us nonstop games. Well... Except for that one conference where it was a weird TED talk about how the PlayStation works. Um, who will who will ever you know forget that great conference? Anyway, while the event showed off a lot of great games um, that we're we're already aware of, um, they showed off them in like spectacular fashion. And Anyway, while they did, you know, show off games that we're already aware of, they did it in spectacular fashion. Not to forget, they also gave us the price for the PlayStation, finally, as well. Alright, let's get into the games. The first game that actually, like, blew my mind at the event was the Spider-Man game um, for Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, what they showed off was probably some of the most beautiful, like, graphics and lighting effects I've ever seen in any type of Spider-Man title. I mean, seriously, guys, this was super beautiful, and I'm getting, like, tons of reports from people that, you know, love to see Harlem represented correctly in this game as well, so that's another big plus for Insomniac, um, for getting that right as well. Um, I'm just, I'm so glad that, you know, this all seems to be coming together. I just hope that this is the exact representation of the game that we're going to be getting when the PS5 launches. You know, I hope there isn't, you know, any screw-arounds with graphicalness or anything like that. Like, they're just showing us the best it can be on a PC and just not, you know, what it's going to be at the actual release for the game. As you'll probably see this weekend, I am streaming um, Call of Duty Black Ops um, Cold War on our Twitch channel. That's, you know, twitch.tv slash amazing nerd show definitely check us out follow uh, <laughs> uh the the game trailer that they showed off at the event this week wasn't the most impressive um that it could be you know like for a call of duty uh, it's pretty much a staple you get it every single year you kind of expect them to push a little bit further each time um kind of like any fucking sports game you'd get and you know i just didn't see that this year with the trailer um and you damn well tell me that that um, RC car could actually reach that plane in time. I call you a fucking liar. But, <laughs> but you know, I'm still excited by the actual um, concept of it being during the Cold War and everything. And I'm, I'm excited to see what they'll bring to it on the table. Um, you know, Call of Duty stories can be either really good or really cheesy and dumb. Uh, I'm hoping for the, the latter, you know. Um, but we'll see what happens. 
All right, moving on, we got uh, um, some teases for Resident Evil 8. Uh, they showed off tons of weird imagery, um, kind of had like a Coraline video in there at one point. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was definitely, you know, strange. I don't know what's going on in the game, but at the same time, Resident Evil 7 was such an enjoyable experience that, you know, I, I have faith in the studio to continue on and make us, you know, they, they want to do something different with Resident Evil, that's fine. Um, you know, they, they want to, you know, it was kind of weird to see the game go in that like first person, um, you know, direction and everything. But the way it was handled, the way it played, the way that it fucking uh, looked was all great. So I can't complain. I want to see what, where it's going next. Um, and that definitely had to be the merchant at the end of that trailer. And again, this event was full, fucking full of great trailers. But one that I really still got to mention and I have to mention is fucking Deathloop. Every time they show it on the screen, I'm just blown away by the experience that it could possibly be. I'm super excited by the concept of, you know, uh, figuring out these guys' schedules, you know, your targets and stuff like that, and seeing if there's a way to, like, get them together so it makes your um, kills a lot easier. And I, I'm guaranteeing you right now, there is probably some extremely difficult way to get all your targets in one room. I, I bet there's an achievement for it. I bet it's super fucking hard. Now this this is just a theory, but I totally set like getting that vibe that there's probably some way, some way to do it. <laughs> I gotta say this game is definitely like on my like uh, most anticipated for 2021. I'm definitely going to keep my eye on it going forward. All right, well, the last game before I mention the price that you're probably waiting to hear from me if you haven't already seen it or want to know my thoughts on that. Um, the last game we got to talk about, holy shit, is Demon Souls. Like, who told the studio that they could make Demon Souls fucking beautiful? Like, who said that this was okay? <laughs> like, seriously. This is probably one of the best remasters I've ever seen graphically. And, you know, um, the, the way that the lighting works, the way that, oh my God, how fluid everything felt and looked. Now, he was going through that looking like he was a fucking boss. Like, this was the easiest thing he's ever done until he got to the boss and died. But, I mean, seriously, what a fucking great way to show off Demon Souls. Like, seriously, it looks like graphics from 2025 is what I'm imagining, like a triple-A title in 2025, Demon Souls. That's what I'm picturing here. But I mean, seriously, I, I'm so impressed by what they've done with the game, and I'm definitely going to have to just pick it up. It's almost, you know, I'm, I'm hearing from a lot of people um, in groups that I'm a part of and stuff like that, that like one of the big reasons they even want to pick up a PS5 is because of Demon Souls now. You know, it's so, so fucking impressive, and I'm so glad that they were able to do anything like this for this. But okay, let's get to it. Let's get to brass tacks. The price for the PlayStation 5 was, or is, $399 for the slim one and $499 for the whole big kahuna. Now, I really did expect there to be a price hike. Like, I was expecting $700 um, for the whole console, for the one with the disc and everything. Um, that was kind of my expectation. So, to see it at $500, um, I'm in, I'm happy. I'm happy with that. Uh, you know, it matches the Xbox experience and everything like that. So, you know, but with Xbox, you have Game Pass. Uh, one of the things that they did show off before the price was that PlayStation Plus will be getting some added benefits, being able to play 
um, the PlayStation Collection. It's not all of them, but um, it's it's a good amount of games. But I mean, at the same time, it, it doesn't really hold a torch to Game Pass, which is you know pretty much everything on either your PC or Xbox. That's a huge, it's like such a fucking great deal. So I mean, it's 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 smart on Sony's behalf to actually do this. But at the same time, it's you know, and it might and it might distract. Um, some people from the fact that you know Xbox has Game Pass and stuff like that. I, I could totally see the average consumer being like, "Oh, this is great! This is an added benefit." Um, but you know, for for those of us that follow the news constantly, Game Pass is fucking unbelievable. But at the same time, I don't need to own a Game Pass. Or I mean, I don't need to own an Xbox to play Game Pass. I can use my 2080 Ti and play all these games flawlessly on my PC. So at the same time, I think that's why I kind of hold the PS5 information a little bit more important than the Xbox because this is something I'm going to have to purchase if I want to play their exclusives. And that's what that's been PlayStation's biggest strength over the last 10 years. You know, they have the best exclusives right now. You know, um, fucking Spider-Man, fucking um, God of War, which they showed off um, a teaser for God of War. But I need gameplay, baby. I don't. I don't do. <laughs> I don't do little teasers with voiceovers and shit. So, you show me that off the fucking game. Alright, anyway. <laughs> Let's move on to Night City Wire. Now, Night City Wire, you know, showed off a ton of fucking footage. Oh my god. Um, if you if you follow us on Twitch, you would have been able to watch my live reactions for it. I was super happy with everything they showed off for the gangs and for the city. You know, the game... And the world feels so alive. I'm so impressed by what CD Projekt Red has put together for this game. Um, you know, there's a tons of things um, with the gangs where it's like, I'm going to have to watch that gang video over and over again. I already started watching it over and over again. Um, you know, I think the only gang I wasn't impressed by was the Sixth Street game. I don't know. They just feel very generic to me. Everything else feels very unique, but the Sixth Street that Sixth Street gang was very, eh, you know, not for me. Um, but, you know, the, the game trailers that they showed off today really um, played to, like, you know, close events that are going on in America right now. And, you know, it just feels like they get it and they get what, you know, we're kind of already in a dystopian future, as if you think about it. So <laughs> they kind of have those social cues to play off of. Um, I'm super happy with everything that we've been shown by CD Projekt Red so far. You know, I, I feel like... I don't want to call myself biased, but I, I feel like I'm going to really love this game no matter what at this point. Um, it's everything that I want out of a you know role-playing game experience. I'm super into RPGs, so that's just you know that's that's me. That's what I want out of a game. It's something living and breathing. Like I feel like if I were to get trapped in an isekai uh, world, this is the game that I want to be you know trapped in. You know, that's, that's the kind of route I'm going at this point. <laughs> but anyway, you can continue to follow me and follow um, The Amazing Nerd Show as we get closer and closer to November, um, where we get to actually fucking put our hands on the game and experience it. Um, you know, oh, I don't want to forget, that fucking motorcycle gameplay it actually looks smooth. Like, most of the driving they've shown off hasn't been too impressive, but the motorcycles seem to be... Like, they're bread and butter here. Like, they really thought about, like, how the motorcycles should drive on the streets and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm happy with that as well. 
Um, but yes, again, the, the gangs are super impressive. Um, every single one, finally getting to see like every single one, super fucking awesome. Definitely, um, you can probably catch um, the replay of the live stream on our Twitch still right now. So if you want to head over to twitch.tv slash amazingnerdshow, go ahead, follow us, watch the replay. Um, you can watch um, the entire event there. Or, of course, you can find it on YouTube and stuff like that. Um, we are also on YouTube. Um, if you want, uh, you can make sure that you head over to YouTube.com. Make sure you look up Amazing Nerd Show, where I put edited versions of our weekend streams up on the channel. Um, currently, I've played, uh, well, we just started The Outer Worlds. I'm doing that on Supernova difficulty with Peril of Gorgon on. Um, the DLC, of course. And then um, I'm also doing Marvel's Avengers currently. We'll see how long that lasts because I'm fucking hating that game. And um, we're also playing Ghost of Tsushima regularly on the streams as well. Um, I'm this close. I'm so close. I'm, my fingers are almost touching. You can't see it, but they're almost touching. <laughs> um, that close to the end of the game. I just got to do the side missions because I don't want to you know, miss out on those great stories that they've been telling. Um, you know, I, I recently had uh, one of the um, voice actors from the game reach out to me on Twitter to say thank you uh, for playing her storyline, uh, which was fucking nuts out of nowhere. But yeah, if you if you want to know when I'm going live and stuff like that, the main um, Twitter to check that out on is at Amazing Nerd Live. Um, otherwise, the main show is at Amazing Nerd Show. All right, let's move on. All right, Damon, you watched the movie this week, right? Yes, I saw the South Korean zombie film, Hashtag Alive. The rapid spread of an unknown infection has left an entire city in an ungovernable chaos. But one survivor remains alive in isolation. It is his story. This was directed and co-written by Cho Il Hyung and then also written by Matt Naylor. So I think I heard about this film a while back before the shit really hit the fan this year, but I just completely forgot about it with everything going on. So when I saw this on Netflix top 10 list over the weekend, I was very excited to check it out. Um, released on September 8th on the aforementioned Netflix, Hashtag Alive feels like the perfect movie for a society dealing with the fucking pandemic. Um, Isolated and contained, this zombie film takes the genre back to its roots, a la Romero's Night of the Living Dead. And I've got to say, this was refreshing for me. I mean, the trend right now with the zombie genre is just this open world dystopian experience. The film doesn't have any of that baggage though. This is a very personal story. Uh, we meet Jun Yu, a young video game streamer who wakes up home alone in his family's apartment. Seemingly, as soon as he finishes his late breakfast, the apocalypse begins outside his door. June is then forced to barricade himself into his small home as he watches the world crumble on TV. I mean, sounds familiar, right? Isolated and alone, for days June struggles to survive and keep it together. We watch him go through all the stages of grief. I mean, Yuan In, who plays June, gives a really nice performance here, as he's able to convey a lot of emotion without, you know, much dialogue at all. I mean, we really watch him struggle with this new reality. And then director Cho Lee Hyung does a great job of balancing the dark nature of what's happening 
happening in the film with an entertaining comedic at times tone um, as you know we really see this millennial try to cope with this new nightmare. Uh, but let's talk about the zombies for a second. Um, while this film at first is kind of a back to basics approach, you know, echoing the late great George Romero in many different ways, uh, but these definitely are not his zombies. Spastic, convulsing, fast moving, I mean, they're more akin to the infected that we saw in like 28 Days Later or Snyder's remake of Dawn. Um, they have this almost herd-like mentality that's pretty fucking terrifying, especially when they transition um, to being zombies. This, I think, really helped with the film's pacing. Um, you know, that in the apartment complex setting. I mean, there are some slow moments in this movie, and especially since we're stuck inside for a lot of this film. But when we get those action sequences here and there, I mean, they're super intense and suffocating. I mean, besides the opening scene of the original Dawn of the Dead, I don't think I ever thought about how awful it would be to be stuck in a complex like this during a zombie outbreak. I mean, a building filled with the undead, tight hallways, not knowing what's around every corner or what the hell's going on in every unit. I mean, that's a pretty fucking scary scenario. And the director makes interesting use of the setup. And while some hardcore fans of the subgenre might not be satisfied with the gore factor in this film, and trust me, I'm usually one of those guys screaming more gore, please. I did think we got enough to be impactful you know, for this story. But anyway, back to the story. Um, while trying not to spoil anything, the third act is unfortunately a bit problematic for me because it just leans into some of the lazier tropes of the subgenre. And also some of the events just feel highly improbable and strangely predictable at the same time. I wish they would have resisted going in those directions and give us something with a little bit more of a grounded conclusion. Um, but in the long run, I guess it wasn't enough to really sour me on the film because I was still entertained at the end of the day. I mean, even its weird, heavy-handed, like, pro-social media message didn't bother me that much. And I think because, you know, at its core, it's really a film about humanity's, like, desperate need to connect with one another and just how important that is for our survival as a society. So, in the long run, I mean, yes, this movie didn't reinvent the zombie genre, but at the same time, I think it gave it just this, like, fresh coat of paint, which was well You know, needed. it's funny. This sounds like something, you know, I would have seen, like, straight out of, like, a fucking anime. But, um, anyway, uh, do you feel like this film focuses enough on the psychosis of what a millennial going through this scenario would be like? Uh, especially with how alone he is in this building, it sounds. Um, I think that's actually one of the strong suits of it. And like, you know, how, you know, that generation is even more connected than any generation, you know, before it, um, you know, through like social media. I mean, like him being a streamer, he feels almost as like heartbroken about like losing his internet connection um, than like when he like, you know, realizes that he might not see his family again. Like, so I like he's, he records a video, but I believe he's streaming, um, obviously, um, on social media. And at the end, he tells people to make sure that they subscribe. So, like, <laughs> so there are like little things like that, that kind of really like dive into like that mindset 
um, you know, mm. that generation's mindset. So I, I thought that was well done. Stay safe and subscribe. They lean also <laughs> into him being more tech savvy, it seems like. Like he uses a drone at one point, um, not to give too much away, um, you know, to help him survive. Um, I also didn't mention there's a, another character in this film, and I don't want to give too much away because I feel like it's a spoiler, um, played by Shin Hai Park, who was fantastic also. But, you know, I don't want to get too much into that aspect because I feel like okay. it does give away okay. a lot of the film. So, <laughs> but she was great also. All right, David. Well, what would you have given this as a group? So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give this a solid B. Um, I did enjoy most of this movie. I just feel like they didn't stick the landing with the third act. Uh, it just almost felt like a different movie. I wish they would have stuck with like kind of, you know, like I said in the review, like more of that, you know, I don't know, grounded approach and everything. I thought that was when the movie was at its most interesting. So, but overall it was a good time and well worth a watch. Um, so check it out. It's on Netflix right now. I also really like the soundtrack to the movie. (laughs) I'm going to look it up. (laughs) I mean, it's all in like Korean, but it was actually really well done. Like, it felt like I was... No, South Korea's got some great music, man. Yeah, it was, like, this weird, like, Korean, like, industrial music. It was very, like, early 2000s, late 90s. I don't know. So I'm going to I'm gonna check it out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Dan. Well, we also have some wrestling to That's talk right, about. That's right, Christian. One of my favorite times of the wrestling year is finally here. It is the G1 Climax. Number 30. So Christian, I'm not going to lie, I'm completely out of touch with what the hell's going on with New Japan uh, this year. I know they just started back a couple months ago, um, actually doing shows, uh, and, you know, out of nowhere, Evil joined the Bullet Club. Uh, he captured the IWGP uh, heavyweight title and Intercontinental title from Naito. Uh, but, yeah, that's pretty much it. I know they haven't, like, you know, had their full roster, unfortunately. Like, all their foreign talent has obviously been, like, you know, kind of, like, stuck overseas. So um, mm. I was really excited to see that G1 was still happening and they actually got some of that talent, you know, back in Japan. Yeah, it, this these blocks are nuts. Like, I didn't think we were going to get even a G1 at this point because of everything that was well, going on. Well, what's interesting, too, is they initially pushed back the G1 this year because of the mm-hmm. Olympics taking place in Japan. So it kind of, you know, strangely and sadly worked out that the G1 was scheduled, you know, in October. So, because if this was scheduled in, you know, the summer, it wouldn't have happened at all. Well, all things considered, I mean, I'm glad that we're going to have tons of wrestling to fill our time, right? A whole month's worth, Christian. A whole <laughs> month's worth. I'm already tired thinking of it. <laughs> I know, I'm a little stressed so out. So, we'll probably, <laughs> I don't know, we'll be, I guess we'll be covering it every week, at least highlights and everything. Um it is a lot of wrestling to cover, though. So we'll do our. <laughs> but it's best. some of the best in the world. Yes, you know? yes, so. we'll do our best. But yeah, no, it is definitely some of the best wrestling in the world. So I'm excited. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this preview show is, uh, you know, as much for me as it is for you know the listeners. So <laughs> let me know what the hell's going on with these brackets, man. All right. Well, coming up in the A block, we got Kota Ibushi, Jeff Cobb. 
Okada in his in his ninth consecutive G1. Um, Tomaro Ishii, Will Ospreay, Shingo Takagi, Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, Jay White, and Yujiro Takahashi. Jesus Christ, that's the that, A block? That's the A block. <laughs> that's a hell of a block. Oh, man, David, wait for B block. <laughs> All right, man, lay it on me. Hiroshi Tanahashi, Juice Robinson, uh, Goto, Yano, Yoshihashi, Naido, Sonata, Zack Sabre Jr., Kenta, and Evil. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. Um, especially with like the, the bullet club angle there. You know, I mean, we'll see where they go. So which block do you think is stronger? Um, I'm super interested in B block, to be honest, because I want to see, you know, Sonata and Evil going at it. And I want to see Naito and Evil going at it. So I'm kind of like interested to see all the LIJ members really going back at each other throughout the entire time. Yeah, but the A block is just awesome. I mean, Okada, you know, Ibushi, Ishii, I mean, Osprey, you know, back finally, Jay White back finally. I mean, Jesus Christ, Suzuki. <laughs> I mean, you can't really go wrong either way, I guess. No, yeah. Uh, Suzuki versus Jay White, probably going to be a hysterical and fun match. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, it, it, this is really exciting. I mean, OK, let's look at the card for uh, Saturday and Sunday. All right. Well, uh, we have Okada versus Ibushi in our first night. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's how we're starting off the weekend. huh? Exactly. Uh, we have Takagi versus Jay White. Ishii versus Suzuki. Cobb versus Taichi. And Osprey versus um, Yujiro Takahashi. And I think the one that I'm most excited for to see again is Ishii versus Suzuki. <laughs> yes, absolutely, because they're just going to beat the shit out of each other. Exactly. So- <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm excited for Cobb because he's officially signed uh, with New Japan. He's exclusive mm-hmm. now. So um, I know last year he was part of it, but... You know, I he he was kind of a free agent, so I think they're gonna kind of get you know around him now and maybe give him a bit of a push here. Um, so I'm mm-hmm. excited to see him like shine, um, in this. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's a hell of a card. I I'm I'm with you though. Ishii versus Suzuki is probably the match I'm looking <laughs> forward to the most. I mean, obviously Okada and Ibushi. I mean, you can't go wrong yes. there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it, it's, it's exciting. So, okay. What do we got the second night? Second night, we got Tanahashi versus Naito starting off. Wow. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Evil. Goto versus Kenta. Yano versus Sonata. And Juice Robinson versus Yoshihashi. This definitely feels a little weaker than night A. Mm-hmm. But I mean, still a lot of exciting matches there. I mean, Tanahashi versus Naito is a classic every single yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, you can't really complain, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, I know Tanahashi, like, recently, it feels like they've kind of, like, downgraded his character. Um, you know, he's been, you know, working this angle where he's, I and mean, it's not really necessarily an angle, angle, but he's, you know, you know, injured and, you know, kind of on his last leg. Um, but... You know, knowing their booking, I feel like he's going to end up like, you know, having a strong showing, you know, in G1 this year because of that. So, uh, but yeah, no, uh, I'm definitely probably more excited for the A block the first weekend, though. I Mm -hmm. I will say that. I mean, right, right away. I mean, Okada, Ibushi, come on. 
you can't you can't go wrong with that you just can't um <laughs> you know but osprey it's gonna be so exciting to see osprey again you yes. know it's, it feels like it's been so goddamn long <laughs> you know i'm just happy that he was able to get back into the country and everything he probably had a quarantine mm-hmm. i think for like two or three weeks before this so um they're pretty strict out there with everything and rightfully so uh but yeah no um okay so brass tax time man let's go ahead <laughs> in the preview show without really watching any new japan for months let's predict who's gonna win each block each block yes uh okay for the whole g1 not just for like the first time <laughs> uh, let's get our predictions on the books so then we can look back and see how wrong we were. Okay, my 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 prediction for B at least is Sonata so far. Interesting. Okay. Uh, what are you basing that on? I think I think it's I think it's time. I think it's time that Sonata gets a massive push. Um uh, I I know he hasn't been like there as much uh, with the storyline with uh Naito and Evil and everything, mm-hmm. but I mean it should be interesting like to see him finally go up and have that feud with evil and stuff like that during this G one. And I feel like last year he had such a huge showing mm. that I think it's only like, it feels like it's almost the same level of what we got with, um, Ibushi the other two years where, um, the first year, you know, it seemed like it could be his, but then the second year it was. Yeah. And I feel like they tease it every G one, like at least the last yes. couple of years with Sonata that he's going to finally like break out. So, I mean, maybe you're, you're right. So you feel like, okay, Sonata in the B block, who do you have in the A block? <sighs> I have no idea. <laughs> Cause they love all these guys. Uh-huh. You know, it could be Sonata versus Takagi. But I don't see that. I see, I see Sonata versus maybe Okada in the end. Yeah, but that's kind of the... how many times can you give it to Okada? Yeah, <laughs> plenty though. They have right. <laughs> well, you know I'm going to be wrong, and Tanahashi is going to win the whole fucking thing. So what's the <laughs> point of me even making predictions? <laughs> um, do you think Ibushi? You know, like he wins it again, and like back to maybe back. this is his year, finally. Maybe. Yeah, if they want to put the title on him, I could definitely see that. He's come so close the last couple of years. So, like, does mm-hmm. he finally break through? Um, but then, like, part of me, too, like, almost feels like you're going to get, like, a leader of the Bullet Club, like, face-off. Because, like, is it Jay White? Is it Evil? Like, you know, after Evil lost the belts, you know, was yeah. that just kind of... You know, we're just, you know, we're doing what we can right now with what we have. Or are they still like, sh- you know, strongly behind evil as a character, you know, um, you know, or are we just like, OK, well, that was convenient for the time. But now it's time to move on because that'd be kind of disappointing, too. Mm-hmm. I, I guess it depends on just what stories do they want to tell mm-hmm. at this Wrestle Kingdom. You know? Yeah, I mean, they've been so like focused on Bullet Club, you know, the last couple months. Um, I could definitely mm-hmm. see where we get like a Jay White, like evil face off. I mean, at least somewhere down the line, you know, if not at, you know, the finals. But um, I'm going to go in the A block. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to say Ibushi. I'm going to say Osprey does have a strong showing, a stronger showing this year than he did last. Yes. Um, you know, because I feel like they're going to once again, this is what they do. They slowly build people up. Um, you know, man. 
I feel like he'll face off against Ishii. I think Ishii's also going to get a nice push this year, too. Um, I think he's going to surprise people. You know, they'll be in the finals of the A block, but I think Ibushi is going to end up winning the A block. See, I think it's, if anything, it's Ibushi versus Osprey for the finals of the A block. I don't think, I feel like it takes a while, you know, because Osprey, that was his first year last year, right? Mm-hmm. They play the slow game, man. They play the, or the, they play the long game, I should say. Yes. So, I mean, I definitely, and it feels like the slow game. Um, I, I definitely feel like, you know, he'll do better this year, but I think we're a year out before he gets like a really strong showing. All right. So with the B black, I'm going to say it's going to be evil versus Naito at the end of the thing. I know we just saw that match a couple times, but <laughs> I think you're going to, you know, you're going to, you know, have those two facing off. I think Naito's finally going to put the, you know, the stake completely in the heart of evil and he's going to move on to the finals. Um, and come really close to winning the whole thing, but then he's going to end up losing to Ibushi. I mean, that sounds like a poetic storyline to tell, especially after last Wrestle yes, Kingdom. Yes, yes. So that that's kind of where I'm going. Um, and then, yeah, I, and I don't know how they're doing Wrestle Kingdom this year. I don't know if it's going to be two nights mm-hmm. again. Um, so that'll be interesting also. Uh, you know, or like how do you even go about doing Wrestle Kingdom in a pandemic? Do you do the event? And I mean, it's got to be in the Tokyo Dome, right? But like, right. do you, I mean, <laughs> what's the point if you can't like really even come close to filling the thing, you know, because of the I pandemic, know, crazy fireworks. Right? Like, <laughs> like, do we get new Japan's Thunderdome? I guess. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, I'm looking forward to this. I mean, I, I can't believe it. this is another thing. Just like the Mandalorian just kind of came out of nowhere. Yes. And it's going to fill up all of our time until the Mandalorian. So <laughs> yeah, I threw the Mandalorian. So <laughs> Jesus. Christ. Yeah. yeah. Should be fun though. All right. Well, Damon, that does it for this week. All right. But before we head out, make sure to head over to dramacityproductions.com where you can hear us and plenty of other great podcasts. That's right. And if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, make sure you subscribe, rate, and give us a five-star review. Yeah, it definitely helps an independent podcast like us keep on going. And you know what? If you like any of the stories that we talked about this episode, make sure you go ahead and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and see the full versions of these articles, plus a whole lot more. Yeah, you can follow us at Amazing Nerd Show. That's your nerd hub for all things pop culture. And if you're looking to further support the show, go ahead and buy some merch over at Tee Public. They have shirts, they have sweatshirts, I think they have mugs, bumper stickers, the works, man. Absolutely. And you can also head over to ProWrestlingTees.com and find our merch there as well. Yeah, while you're at it, go ahead and pick up your favorite wrestler's t-shirt. Okie dokie, Damon. What are we talking about next week? We're going to be reviewing the horror film Annabellum, and we're going to also be reviewing the first weekend of the G1 Climax. That's right. My name's Christian. And my name's Damon. And that's the amazing nerd show. So, shake out, get nice and limber. Or not. Now, take another look at the way he moves. Remember, very limp. Almost like sleepwalking. Look at the face. It's vacant with a hint of sadness. Drunk, he's lost a bed. Okay, let's try, shall we? Liz. Mm. Nice, good vocal work.